Hello and welcome to May We Recommend, a show where we talk about movies, music, and more. Today I'm joined only by Otis. Otis, how are you doing today? Hello, <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Excellent. Um, today we're going to be talking about Better Off Dead, the 1985 classic directed by Savage Savage Steve Holland. <laughs> and uh, now this is a favorite of yours, right? Oh, so this was this. It was very important in my childhood household that we watch this film every Christmas. It, now, I was surprised to find that this had a large Christmas element to it. Now, I haven't seen it in a long time, but that is a good half of the show. It really is. I mean, that and, and so much of it are like snow sports centric, which mm -hmm. feel Christmassy. Definitely feels uh, Christmassy. Uh, the the thing about where this is shot is it's California, so you they say you can surf in the morning and ski in the evening, you know, right. that kind of thing. Right. And so you get a little bit of both. You get the, like, warm summer town feeling, but then they're skiing. And so it kind of puts you at this disassociation. Oh, for sure. But, you know, there there's a bunch of Christmas scenes, too. I guess I never... I never questioned that it was a Christmas movie. It 100% is a Christmas movie. I just, I remember more of the scenes and we come from a place where there's snow. Yeah. You know, so it's a white Christmas. I'm associating anything that it has snow on the ground with Christmas. This one, no snow, not a Christmas movie. I was wrong. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like the whole premise revolves around his <laughs> girlfriend breaking up with him shortly before christmas mm -hmm. and yeah. uh yeah so and it's it's so much the synopsis of this film is so underwhelming for what the the narrative really is right i don't know like uh so it's an obsessive borderline probably bipolar <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, gets broken up with uh, his six-month girlfriend, uh, to whom he's lost his virginity, decides to leave him for a ski instructor uh, shortly before Christmas, and then uh, he decides that he wants to end his own life, and he ends up trying, failing, but oddly, his family and friends help him succeed in committing the act a little bit, <laughs> which is so dark. This is This has such a dark premise to it. And everybody looks really young in it. Sure. It is but, such, I mean, for as dark as the subject matter is, it's such a feel-good story. Oh, absolutely. I put here in my notes, like, let's see here. What did I say? I said, it's a light-hearted and silly comedy with really dark themes. Absolutely. <laughs> and I really do think, like, this one, this movie is kind of perfect for a podcast like ours. Just because I think a lot of the younger generation, no clue, no clue, had never oh, seen yeah, this no. film. I think this is a, like a hidden gem for them. Like if they find this, because movies today aren't going to be this. Mm -mm. This is a product of its time, could not be remade today. <laughs> and, but there are elements in it I think they would hate. You think so? I, Oh, absolutely. The animated hamburger scene. Oh, sure. I do not think that would hit with today's audience. 
You know, so that was really, that style of art was really popular in the 80s, right? Wasn't there a oh, few yeah, for sure. music videos that totally, like, rock that style? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I see that style. I can't and think I, of any offhand, but I, I do, I feel that that's true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I said, mm-hmm, like, yeah, of course I know about <laughs> I don't know any, but I know what you're saying. I, like, it's a California Raisins thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is yeah. that? Was that super early CGI? Is that what that was? Or was that no, all I puppetry? Think it was straight up. Nah, it's claymation, man. All stop motion. Is it awesome? Well, okay, right. I mean, that yeah. makes sense. But I never even think about claymation. Yeah, no. <laughs> Why would you? Like, Ray Hauser is dead. So, <laughs> and with it, I think, died the art of of claymation you know maybe except but there's actually there's a pretty big portland portland oregon um film house that does mm-hmm. claymation wait what do you mean it does claymation it it produces feature films that are claymation like stop motion animation like uh oh i guess nightmare before christmas is what i mean that's still really old but that would be up there sure yeah, like Koba, Koba and the Two Strings or Three Strings or whatever. Oh, sure, yeah. Mad um, God, that one just came out. Oh, right, right, right. Um, I haven't seen that, but but Koba, that's actually made by Ikea, which is here in town. Oh, like I actually I have a a buddy who, for a little while, worked on worked on some of the shows. Really? Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, Damn it. That's interesting, but it's going nowhere. <laughs> fair enough. Absolutely. Sorry. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. So, like, it's certainly, it's, it feels, the movie feels of its time. It does feel of its time. But I like that. And now I don't know. Okay. A lot of nostalgia is being poured into this movie as I'm watching it. Having a very good time. I'm actually, I asked my son, who's 16, to watch this before I did this show. Okay. And, he, he didn't because he's 16. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he said he would watch it. Sure. And I really want to get his take on this. See? Because it's so good. Like, his the little boy Badger, right? Which mm-hmm. I think is a play on the Leave it to Beaver. I think so, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like, his stuff is bizarre. So there's a hyper... Like not even realism. It's 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 cartoonish fantasy oh, that happens sure. throughout this movie. And now some of it you have to think is Lane. That's uh, John Cusack's character, and uh, he you you have to assume some of it's his hallucinations or how he perceives the world. Right, we're we're going in through Lane's eyes essentially. Right, and like and we know how unreliable of a narrator that is. Absolutely. Right? Like, we're seeing the world through the lens of a 17-year-old boy. Or a 16-year-old boy. Right. A heartbroken 16-year-old boy. Right. Man, I have been that. And that is not a wonderful place to be. Uh, That's what resonated with me in this movie was (laughs) the obsession that you get with your first girlfriend, your first serious girlfriend. Right. And then the crush of the breakup. Oh, the devastation. It was... I. I literally have not been more devastated than the first time of heartbreak. 
Oh, well, there's nothing like it. You oh, don't know anything like it. Oh, it's stunning, isn't it? Just how powerful yeah. it is. How, oh, like, it, over-encompassing it's it is. Oh. That's why <laughs> this movie resonates. Because of that darkness that you feel. And you do feel like you'd be better off dead. Oh, Obviously, for sure. you wouldn't. You know, and I think that they should have probably put a little suicide hotline at the end of this movie. <laughs> you probably should have. Maybe but, we uh, should now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it gets better. And that the film goes through that as well. You know, Lane lives through his breakup and finds... And, and some time passes, too. So the first half, like we were talking about, takes place over Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then it goes through to, like, what? Like, probably spring? I would think i mean they're having some sort of a dance yeah i, I mean at least a few months ha- goes by i would think so yes yeah but the timing isn't like you know it doesn't feel clunky at all no no it feels very natural <laughs> right and um i but before i went into that like one of the running jokes that i like a lot in this film is uh when he breaks up with beth or beth breaks up with him uh, everybody wants to ask Beth out. Now, I don't know if that's in his head <laughs> or if it's really happening. Because, like, the first time it happened, super creepy, but hilarious scene. Everybody loves their life. They're, they're hanging on every word. They just think he's hilarious and he's the best. And he's the guy who uh, was in Batman, That's the, the second Batman Returns as like an evil carnival guy. Um, or, oh. Or I think he was even in Ghost as the angry subway ghost. Oh, that oh that could be. I mean, definitely yeah. like an 80s character actor, right? Sort of? Yes, very much so, I think. Right. Uh, but I, I love the actor. He's great. But like, the thing is, he doesn't have a ton of personality but they're acting like he does love that scene (laughs) so much like and then at the end of it he he stops lane and says i know this is awkward but i heard you and that part seeing each other I mean, later on, you see beth in his car as they're driving mm -hmm. off which i chalk up all to his hallucinations because i mean even the mailman asks about it sure although i mean i don't know this movie has that fantasy unrealistic element to it that this could be happening in this world i mean it is certainly fantastic right it is (laughs) but it could be i mean it could be legitimate although then there's another question of like okay this is a math high school teacher what Mm. is he doing taking a student out on a date Oh yeah, no, that, that's 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 very wrong. I mean, well, obviously the the mailman's very grown up because, like, when Badger uh, gets the book on how to pick up trashy women, <laughs> he asks, "Why is the little boy doing with a grown man's smut?" Smut, I like think he said, "Yes, yeah." yeah. And oh. uh, yeah, so sleazy. That char- that's a good, another good character actor. Um. Yeah, that mailman, like he played a bus driver a million different times, didn't he? Like it's I don't know. A skeevy bus driver, I think. You know 
you know what I know him from hmm. is nothing but trouble. Do you remember that film? At I all? don't know if I remember that one. Not even a little bit. It's uh, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, uh, Demi Moore, John Candy. Huh. It's it was another box office bomb that people don't like. Have a soft spot in my heart for it, but <laughs> uh, but that guy plays a character in it. I wish I could remember his name, and I'm not looking it up right now. But fair enough. Gee, I'm so really sorry. Your mom blew up, Ricky. I think is Ricky. <laughs> really sorry, your mom blew up. Yeah, <laughs> so good, right? And delivered so well. I love that. I know it's just perfect. And that's one of those lines that, um, like. At least in my household, we would overuse. And in fact, these All are lines the time, right? And specifically, it has raisins in it. You like raisins? <laughs> you like raisins? <laughs> I use that still. Yeah, like yeah. anything. Like uh, you know, it doesn't even have to be raisins to be like, you know, like it's bread. You like bread. <laughs> you know and i certainly don't say it every single time but anytime somebody charges me and the thing is two dollars in the back of my head there will always be the track my two dollars absolutely that newspaper kid gag is awesome and i will cut uh, we, we we did talk a little bit about the end you know where uh, I said I wasn't, but I'm, I have to co cut to it. The fact that a runner through the show is the newspaper kid wants his $2 from Lane, and he keeps tracking him down and hounding him and getting on his car and all sorts of impossible things. Mm -hmm. At the very end of the movie, when you're having your happy moment and they're sitting in Dodger Stadium kissing the bicycle kids riding up to them <laughs> as the credits roll. Yep. Oh, so uh, it's we, good. It's good. It's so good. Yeah. It was so well done. You know, like it makes me want to watch One Crazy Summer. I don't think I've ever watched that. That's another uh, Savage Steve Holland and uh, John Cusack. Cusack movie. Yeah. You know, did he have what? What else is on his movie? Cusack or Holland? Holland. Not much, man. He's really? like how I got into college, and then he went on to Nickelodeon and did a bunch of Nickelodeon stuff. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. I mean, whatever. I don't have a problem with anybody who, like, who moves over. And, like, man, if I were to get a job right now, like, writing for Nickelodeon, if I got to work on the new Avatar writing for Nickelodeon. Sure. Or, Man, I would like probably chop a foot off for that. Oh, absolutely! Like, I, I don't <laughs> think that's. I don't think it was a bad move, or like, oh man, he got out of the movie game. But he had, you know, like one crazy summer. I think did pretty well, but better off dead. This movie is so funny and so good that I would expect this guy to have like a movie career. Sure, just doing these. But I mean, I guess his third film just crapped so hard that like uh it took him out well you know i guess you're only ever as good as your last idea i i wouldn't mind talking about just how many tropes in cinema this movie created oh you don't think that they're existing tropes you think that they came from here i like, like can you think of a 
teen ski movie before this. I gotta say, I didn't watch a lot of teen ski movies, but like Ski Patrol, when did that come out? Oh, I don't know. Are you looking it up right now? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, nice. Uh, 1990, so yeah, no, maybe maybe this is a... Uh... I feel like this is where the teen ski movie trope kind of got started, which is referenced in a lot of, like, Always Sunny did a thing about it. South Park has done a thing about it. Like, a lot yeah. of, like, a lot of people have riffed on this. And I think this is what started it. I'm going to say that it was probably Hot Dog the Movie and from 1984, one year before this. Hot Dog the Movie? Yeah. Oh, everybody loves that movie. Hot Dog the Movie, they say. <laughs> That's the one that started it all. <laughs> I've never heard of it either. I don't know. It's, it's probably someone's favorite movie out there, but... Uh, I, I just looked up teen ski movies. Okay. <laughs> and, and hot dog. All right. <laughs> Came up. It's on Tubi if you want to watch it. But uh, everything else looks like it's definitely from the 90s. You know, now I really kind of want to watch Hot Dog the movie. <laughs> I'll watch Hot Dog the movie with you. All right. Then next week, Hot Dog the movie. No, next week is not Hot Dog the movie. <laughs> cut that out mm-hmm. for sure. Um, totally fine. Be a tyrant. Be I, a tyrant. I am a tyrant. I'm the fine. editing tyrant. That's, um, that's your privilege. Please, so as the a character. Mate. The, the character who plays Roy Stalin, I think his name was Aaron Dozer. I, that can't be right. Dozier. Anyway, he looked 30. <laughs> oh, the uh, the ski captain? Yeah, the guy that Beth leaves him for. Oh, yes, dude. He was totally 30, right? That's one of those yeah. things. He he quit acting right after this movie, too. So. Well, yeah, I think he retired, like rightfully so. <laughs> No, he was super old in that movie. Like, to the part where I'm like, there's no way you're a high schooler. Like, because he was supposed to be the captain of the high school ski team, right? Yeah, absolutely. And he was 30, and he was like, oh, rough. <laughs> it's a little rough. Like, I'm like, okay, I, he's a good actor. I thought he did a great job playing the bully. Like, he was a very unlikable person. He sure like, was. He might suffer from, like... uh Jeffrey Baratheonism or something, whatever happened to that poor kid. Oh, Um, right, right. Like, he did a really good job at being hateable, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, yeah, this guy does the same thing. Like, I'm like, oh, man, this guy really plays a jerk. It makes me wonder if he's a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're talking about tropes, right? Uh Uh-huh. Let's circle back to that for a second. Is... Being a basketball player and being a dumb drunk, like, is that a trope? Like, dumb basketball players? Oh. Like, that are aggressive, aggressively dumb basketball players? I feel like it is, right? I don't know. I When I saw that in here, I was like, huh, I get that with football. Like, you see it with football players, but never basketball players. Hmm. And then they're all dating one girl. That's a pretty funny joke, too. That yeah, that is a pretty funny. Joke. I mean, so many, so many good just concepts in the movie. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I, I love I love this movie. It is hard to talk about a movie that you like a lot. You know. See, yeah, that's the thing. So, like, I watched it again with Zoe, and Zoe didn't love it when she was young. <gasps> really? Okay. She didn't. Okay. Like, she really, she didn't see it at all until after her and I were together. Okay. So, like, she didn't, I'm going to say she was probably 30 years old the first time she saw it. And she was like, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. You know, I wonder if this is a, she wasn't a teen boy in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like. You know, like, I wonder if it, it's like it resonates with uh, a certain audience better. It's maybe even an age group. Like, I'm, I'm really curious to see what my son thinks about it because of that. See, yeah, I was too. And when you started to like prelude to him watching it, I was like, ooh, I'm super curious what he thinks. But yeah, I get to still stay and wait. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and so, but, and I get it because it's hard. You can never watch your favorite movies for the first time again, right? Yeah. Like you're always carrying so much of all the past watchings with you. While you're watching are, a show. There's also some movies that like when I want to pass them on, I will not watch with him. I want him to experience it on his own. Sure. Like, because if I'm watching it and there's a good part, it's more like, eh, eh, you like that? That's pretty good, right? You know, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want him to go in and have the pure experience, but also you're missing out on that buddy right feeling that happens in movies like that's the thing is i i didn't watch that movie for the first time alone like no and i don't think you should that right i think that he should get together with his friends and watch it but i don't think that's happening <laughs> right i mean and, and that would be so weird like your dad recommended this really Really huh. interesting. <laughs> does your dad? This love is what you? he wants you to watch. <laughs> like, does he like when the condom broke? Is that a funny joke to him? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, um, it's it's hard, especially recommending to the. I recommend this film in total. <laughs> no and so do i but i can't man so much of this is like trying to watch it again for the first time because i've loved this movie for as long as i can remember it had been so long that it felt like the first time for me i was watching it and all the beats hit really well like i'm like oh i don't remember that like i vaguely remember something amazing happening with badger so like he builds a laser gun and it works and yeah. i was like pretty funny gets the book on how to pick up women weird but really funny <laughs> like he's I mean, having it's... a new year's eve party and there's a bunch of women in his house right a trashy <laughs> woman <laughs> trashy just... women at that that's uh, what the book is called uh how to pick up trashy <laughs> right yeah it's, i mean it's just it's too perfect because that like that really resonated with me at the time too right because i was a nerdy yeah. kid and you know i was probably about badger's age when this movie came out mm -hmm. so yeah. like yeah it was just like yep perfect no this... absolutely you were like i think he's going on eight right so yeah yeah 
right in there, right? Like I, yeah, I identified with Badger and I thought that was rad. So right in the mid roll of the credits, Badger has built a spaceship that functions and blows through the roof of the house. Presumably like, he's going off to space. Yeah. And presumably he's going <laughs> off to space. With his laser but, gun and his trashy women. Yeah. I actually <laughs> wondered that. I was like, did he take him with him? Man, I hope so. Yeah. He's going to go he's to Mars gonna... and start a colony. I will watch that sequel <laughs> of Badger returning. Mm. But again, like, is this again one of Lane's hallucinations? But he's not even there for that. I don't this think is, so. This is the fantastic nature of the film. Yeah. So, like, then that stuff must be really happening when it's not called out to be one of his hallucinations. Is that what we're to believe? I think so. I think so. Yeah. What I think it is, is the movie, as you said, is told through an unreliable narrator, giving broad, fantastical impressions of what a teen love and high what what teen love in high school were like for them i think that's what it is i think so too for sure because that's how it feels to me when i watch this movie like i feel like that's what my experience was like too you know where like all the elements are so heightened it, but that's what it feels like. There's like a magical element to being young. There absolutely is. Do you think kids are as cliquish now as they were when we were kids? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's natural mm -hmm. progression of human existence. Yeah. But I also want us to be keeping to getting better as a species. So at one point, I'd really like that to not be the case, but... I think bullying still exists, but I think it's down a little. But um, but the oppressed are always going to be in there somewhere, and the oppressors will still be around too. <laughs> you know, like that's unfortunate that that happens. But like, I think that you know, like we had a pretty broad group of friends, sure. but still clickish. You know, well, yeah, like may maybe came from all different walks of life, but like. We had one thing in common. We were all jerks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but not bullies. Just yeah, jerks. Not, well, maybe a little bully. Maybe I mean, a little bit bully. You, you might have been a little bit of a bully. I was a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Oh, were you now? Oh, man. I was a sweetheart. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dancing around and talking about Lane and Beth and all the other characters. But let's bring in Monique. Or Monique. The French girl. Yes. Did you recognize her from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Um. No. No. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I'm just no. now putting that together. That is lovely. I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like. Because I had, like I said, I haven't seen this in a really long time, and I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, one, she looks real young, like so really young, oh young, like I don't feel like I should watch her kiss people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we talked a little bit about this earlier. Mm. Um, there's the weird because she was for me 
in that scene, like when they climb out from underneath the Camaro, and she has like <laughs> the grease perfect Camaro we bought for two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars, <laughs> right? A uh, cherry interior, oh, fine uh, body. Yeah, just lovely. Yeah. It just needed Couldn't a- run without a distributor. Yep, amazing car, yeah. a magical car, magical um, car. It just needed a wipe down, and man, it was perfect. <laughs> and you can I figure tighten those lug nuts and they stay on oh, for so long. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that aside. Yes, like, she's climbing out from underneath the car. She yeah, she's on the dolly. She like climbs out from underneath the car and she's got the grease on her forehead, cheeks, and chin. Mm-hmm. And like for a lot of years, just like that scene right there was the supremacy of female beauty. Hey, you know, when I was a kid, I had a crush on her too. I sure, mean, she was cute. But you know what's weird is she's she's not really my type. But like, but that 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 grease scene mm-hmm. really is cute. There's Super cute. really cute about it. Super you know? cute. And so now, when I like now in the rewatching, mm-hmm. I'm so different. I still thought she was cute. I mean, yeah, she's cute for sure. Not like sexually cute, but like... That's the thing. Like, adorable. Like, I think this is part of the modern human condition, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where we we go through and we're nostalgic for the things we used to love. Like, look, go over to your, like, old people's homes. Like, look at their video collections, right? Oh, yeah, sure. They are so old because those are the things that they loved. Yeah. And those are the things that make them feel joy and youth. Probably. Yeah. If if we were to take our podcast, right, and you go into the Mind Palace and on your shelf is all the movies we plan on recommending. Mm. And they are the things that make us feel good. The things that we, we liked to watch. Sure. And you're right. I mean, it's going to date us. There's going to be a lot in here. And we're recommending these things so that the next generation, or maybe if you've heard it and you've never seen it, to, for you to get out and watch it too. And hopefully you like it as much as we do. So so the, the French girl. Yeah, Monique, um, who was like Monique. the master. Like, did you think that she ran too close to being the Uber person? She can fix a car. She can throw a ball. She's not quite a manic pixie dream girl. But pretty darn close. But pretty darn close to it. Um, yeah. No, I, I think, I think, but that encapsulates what we were talking about earlier. So you get over that initial heartbreak. It didn't kill you. And the next person you meet feels magical. Yeah. And that is what comes in with Monique. And she is <laughs> <laughs> right on cam. Um, and she is magical, though, because because aside from being like a super bilingual manic pixie mechanic, she can also ski the K-12, man. Perfectly. She can perfectly ski the, the K-12. <laughs> this whole movie. Okay, so we, we haven't set up the premise enough. Um, like, Lane gets dumped. 
gets challenged by a bully to ski the K-12 to get his girl back at the end. But along the way, he gets over his heartbreak, meets this girl. And then the ending, he ends up skiing the K-12, which is a giant mountain in this town, mm-hmm. on one <laughs> like, ski. On one ski. <laughs> <laughs> That's this a, movie's bananas. Man. It is. And that's like another one of those lines that is actually in my head on a regular basis. Yeah. He's on one ski. Oh, that makes me... Uh, Curtis Armstrong is amazing. I love him in everything he does. Yeah. I love his voice. I love his personality. He seems super cool. But like he plays Charles Demar in this, and he's uh, he's that friend you had in high school. <laughs> Hi, that's me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no way, you were way cooler than him. <laughs> but well, he was actually pretty cool. Like, there's this scene when uh, when uh, Roy comes in and says, you know. Hey, if you're going to kiss her, you better shave her first. And he starts laughing at it in such a way that, like, it feels mocking. And then he keeps doing it. (laughs) And then they're at this dance when he does this. And later on in the dance, he comes up laughing still. (laughs) And I'm like, that is how you troll somebody. That is hilarious. Right? See, that is 100% what I thought, too. Like, yeah. I thought it was funny when I was a kid, but in this watching of it, I was like, that is so very good. And I absolutely need to remember to do that. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, next time someone's a prick to me, I'm going to do this. Right. Or if yeah. it's like, oh, it's so perfect. Oh, man, it is. I, I Like I said, I love Curtis Armstrong. That dude is yeah. great. You know, so I'm not overly familiar. Like, I recognize him, but, like, he will always be this character in this movie for me. You know, um, Booger. Yeah, that's the other one. So he, I know, like, I still think of him that he has done Booger in Nerds. Um, yeah, so, like, so I will think of him, like, I, I've seen Nerds, and I kind of appreciate Nerds. I do. Mm. Kind of in the same way, but the nerds are certainly raunchier. Like, yeah, it's f- very much so. Like, it did not age well. Everybody knows that. Right. Um, nerds 3, on the other hand, aged super well. Um, what, really? <laughs> no. There is oh, a Nerds no. 3, but I have no idea if it aged super well. <laughs> I, I, I totally believed it. I was like, oh, really? In nerds 3, should I go watch that? Is that... <laughs> Holds up to this day, you say. (laughs) That's right. No, so yeah, I definitely, he's the gross guy in Nerds. Yes. But like, he will always be Lane's buddy in Better Off Dead for me. Forever and ever. Be Lane's buddy in Better Off Dead. Yeah. 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 You know, I think so too. Spiritually, I always see him as this character. Right. Like, like th- this, this is an important work to my life, I suppose. Like, this is one of the defining pieces of art for me. Yeah. I'm, so, like, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I can't, I, like, I couldn't think of it. That's, like, the highest praise I could give anyone. 
It's a broad comedy. I mean, this is one of the broadest comedies. <laughs> like, it is, it it's good. I think it's very good. Yeah. Like, but how much of that is colored through my relationship with you, my relationship sure. in that era? How much sure. of it is colored from just the nostalgia factor and how much of it is actually good? Because when I came into this, it was like putting on a, a nice sweater. Oh, my gosh. And, like a you know, sweater straight from the dryer. You're right. On a nice <laughs> crisp day. And I had a cup of cocoa. And this was comfortable. Yep. This felt good to get back into the groove. <laughs> I mean, as a kid, I probably watched this movie like, I don't know, a couple dozen times. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I was trying to think, like, put a number to it. How many times I'd watched this film. And it's, it is up there. Mm -hmm. Like, it might be, like, Star Wars and Better Off Dead. So, I gotta say, so, one thing I don't think, for other reasons we didn't talk a whole lot about, but the character Ricky. Sure. Like, man, oh, man. I love watching him and reviewing. Like, there, because uh, now I see so much more of myself and Ricky <laughs> than uh, I ever did as a kid. I don't see you as a Ricky fellow. No, 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 no. I mean, you mean now I, you're Ricky? <laughs> no. No, I didn't mean that. No, I didn't mean it the way that sounded. I meant like, you see yourself now as Ricky or you saw yourself as a kid as Ricky. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, like I recognize that there was a part of me that was very afraid of being Ricky when I was younger. Oh, I see what you're saying. And right. so that's why you went more with the Charles DeMar personality than a Ricky personality. You know, maybe that could be what it was for sure, right? But like, and I'm watching the movie again and I'm looking at some of his fashion choices and certainly not his, <laughs> but like the fashion choices they chose for him. Yeah. And, oh man, they're kind of pimping in their own very unique oh, way. I thought the same thing. I was like, you know what? If anybody's their own person in this movie. It's Ricky. It's Ricky. <laughs> like, Ricky dresses the way Ricky wants to dress. He's not pressured by society. You know, one thing is, he doesn't take no for an answer. That's a problem. You know? For sure. Absolutely. But she, and that's yeah. why it's like... I was going to say she never said no, but she's obviously giving signs. Ricky, I'm, keep your hands off her. Right, like, <laughs> read the room, Ricky. Come on, buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, like, also... Like, he's a teenage boy, and you're mostly dumb when you're a teenage boy. Oh, for sure. Like, I, so there are layers to Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that uh, one of them is his face, face acting, very good. Very good. Like, yeah. just... um. His concerned face, sure. But when he gives the eyebrows, when she goes into the house with him, gives the little. Yeah. See, that was like, it was perfect. It was, it was perfect. Yeah. It, and it was like, 
just the right amount of creep, you know, and uh, yet still in a and a not hateable way. Yeah, still in a not hateable way, and <laughs> and uh, I think the the. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my mom. Oh, it's so good, right? It's pretty good. I wouldn't say Ricky steals the show for me by any means, but no, he definitely was a great element. He is that, um, I guess, surprise vegetable in a great stew that you're like, this adds to it. I don't know what it is, but I like the flavor. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the first time you have a parsnip or something, you're like oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Ricky's uh, the parsnip in your stew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and I and I do love that his story resolves in a way, right? Yeah. I well, like you that. That's super cute. Our main character, our, our protagonist, is not lovable, but I mean, he's mentally ill. Yeah, like, absolutely. He's seriously, mentally ill. Uh, to the point where you're like, well, you probably shouldn't be so obsessive with your girlfriend. Like, you, you're going to lose her from that alone. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, he he's still charming in his way. You know, like, as a, a 80s protagonist, he's not the worst. No, you know, and I think, I think the reason why I give his obsession a pass yeah it's just because i felt that way before i mean i never oh, took it I know, to the, but to i don't the want to admit it right <laughs> except i do think there's something about that first love that is <laughs> so complete you want to put her face on every hanger in your closet right and what a hell of a closet man Oh, right? Like, what teenage boy has that closet for crying out loud? I don't yeah, have that now. Like the, that's the, the master bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> He's got an ensuite. <laughs> oh, you know, okay, so I was thinking, so we were chatting a, a little bit yesterday via text, and you posted that um, photo of Lane with the axe for Mandy. Yeah, yeah. Which... <laughs> Which I thought was just delightful. But then I was also thinking it would be great if you could do that. But the one where he has all the cotton swab or yeah, cotton swabs. I almost used that one. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's a crazy teenage boy. And I've been a crazy teenage boy before. Yeah, like those little silly bits that you do in life. They put in this movie, and I, I I don't know how much of an actor's choice and how much is direction, but it was good. You, you know John Cusack, when this movie came out, did not like it. Really? Yeah. He did not care for the way he was portrayed in this film. He thought it made him look foolish. But in in, in a Reddit interview later on, he, he said that you know he, he likes the film now, and he likes that it has a special place in people's hearts. But at the time, I mean, what, is he like 24? No, he is, like, during filming, he was 18. Oh, really? He was 18? Yeah. Yeah, he, well, he looked it. He looked... <laughs> He's he a baby. Pretty dark. Yeah. He was a baby, baby in that. Yeah. yeah, totally. And yeah. He, I don't think he looks bad now either, but he's definitely, like, he's got an old man face on him now. <laughs> well, we all do. 
<laughs> you know, for sure. But you know how like some old dudes, like the geometry of their face changes? Yeah, yeah. Like his geometry changed. And I still think he's a handsome dude. He's just like, yeah. he's a handsome old dude now. When before he was a handsome young dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, yeah. the geometry of the face changed. I don't know, know if it's that much. It doesn't really, but like it changes. Like he's wider now. Yeah, well, um, so who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> right, for sure. I, I've got this picture of uh, myself with a, my friend Courtney, and in it I'm wearing leather pants and an A shirt. And I look like an entirely different human being. No, you just like half of the human being you are now. That's (laughs) (laughs) that might be true. That might be true. (laughs) But um, yeah, man, age age is a funny, funny thing. Yeah, age is a funny thing. But <laughs> so it goes. But you know, and then we gotta we gotta get jump get... back thirty years by watching Better Off Dead. Absolutely, you... what I was gonna say. Yeah, this you was gotta a remember the feelings. Yeah, and absolutely was. You know, before we go, <laughs> one thing we didn't touch on was that lovely aardvark <laughs> fur coat. <laughs> One of my favorite gags uh-huh. is that neighbor when he comes out to see what all the racket is and he's wearing the same Everyone coat. Everyone would be wearing one of these. <laughs> you know, and then like oh all the TV gosh, dinners yes. like gets from his mother and he yep. uses them later on it's to court perfect. her. It's, it's such a well-constructed <laughs> movie. Beautiful. It's a really good movie. And next week we'll be watching Violent Night. Thanks and bye.